It is a privilege to be here this morning and to share the word. Uh, I'm going to look at, we're going to continue looking at the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 6 and verses 19 to 34. I'd like to read those for us this morning out of the NIV. It says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy, for where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The, eyes of the, lamp, the eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life or what you shall eat or drink, nor about your body, what you shall wear. It's not is not life more than food and body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more value than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Father, add your blessings to the word as we share this morning in Jesus' name. About 30 years ago, a jazz singer, Bobby McFerrin, had a huge hit, actually his one and only, with the song, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Thank you. It made him a bundle of money. But if he received a nickel for every time his song was mentioned in a speech or a sermon, he'd probably be richer than Bill Gates. Uh, the chorus s struck a chord with people, not just because it was a catchy melody, but because it touches on the subject we struggle with, worry. Uh, there's so much to the song, and it, it's, it takes about three minutes for him to sing it. It'd probably take me that long to read it. But I want us to think about that. His message is somewhat simplistic, 
don't worry, be happy. Uh, but in the real world, this is not always simple. Or at least it doesn't seem that way. Our worries often consume us. Uh, in the old English language, the word worry came from the root word to choke. That makes sense. Because worry was a, has a choking quality about it. It saps the life out of you and drains you of your energy. The crazy thing about worry is that instead of motivating us to take action, it, it many times causes us to withdraw and do nothing about our problems, and they become worse. When it comes to dealing with worry, we, we need to keep in mind a very simple truth. We don't worry about things we're sure of. Think about that. We don't worry about the things we're sure of. When you go to bed at night, it's not likely that you're going to say, oh no, what if the sun doesn't come up in the morning? Because we know that, that it's going to come up. We don't lie awake and say, what if, if two plus two no longer equals four? Now, I know a few years ago they had some new math that got really confusing, but... Uh, <laughs> We don't worry about it because we know that 2 plus 2 equals 4, and nothing can change that fact. Uh, we don't worry about the things we're sure of. We only worry about the things that we're not sure of. For this reason, different people worry about different things. Some people lie awake at night and wonder if their spouse really loves them. Others never give it a second thought. Some people lie awake at night wondering if their children are getting into trouble. Others never give it a second thought. Some people worry about their health. Others don't. Some people worry about their wealth. Others don't. Some people worry about job security and others don't. The question of what things in your life are you sure of? Here's the good news. When your mind and your heart is in tune with God, you never have to worry about anything. It may sound a little simplistic, but I had a friend who's now in heaven. Said back in college, he says he said he made a little deal with the Lord <clears throat> that when it was time to go to bed, he'd go to bed and sleep, and the Lord could take care of everything in his life. In the last half of Matthew's chapter 6 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus talks about our attitude towards money, towards worry, and towards God. And so we went to look at these verses this morning because they, they can show us how we can eliminate worry from our vocabulary once and for all. There are three things that Jesus tells us to do. First of all, rethink your priorities. Verse 19 and 20, he says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures, or actually it says, the NIV says, do not store up. Where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Usually we hear uh, these verses applied to the subject of giving your money to a church or a ministry. Um, in fact, I read about one man he heard a TV preacher once say, instead of putting your money in your IRA, your individual retirement account, 
put your money in the ERA, your internal retirement account. And w wouldn't you know, he, he, this TV preacher was offering to hold your ERA in trust until you get to heaven. Now, of course, we should give our tithes and our offerings and give generously to God's work. Uh, it depends. That's God's plan for the kingdom is that we give of our tithes and our offerings. But when Jesus spoke these words, he wasn't camouflaging a request to, for donations to his ministry. He was telling his listeners how to live above their problems. It's as simple as this. If your first priority is money, you'll never have peace of mind. And on top of that, you'll never be able to serve God effectively. Jesus said, you cannot serve God and money. In the Greek, there's an interesting play on words. And our translation reads, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth. <clears throat> and I'm not a Greek scholar, and it's been 50 years more since I took Greek. So, But the Greek word for store up is... They saw rits And the Greek word for treasure is they saw rus. Both words come from the same root, treasure. Jesus is saying literally, do not treasure your treasures. He, he's not saying that we can't put money away. He, he's saying don't spend your life compiling wealth that you have no intention of using. He's talking about a Scrooge mentality that finds satisfaction in stockpiling money. And if you have that mentality, you'll never have enough. It amazes me that I've met a few wealthy people over the years, but they don't think they're wealthy at all. Uh, they have more money than the overwhelming majority of people on the planet. But they don't think they have enough, and the driving force in their lives is to get more and more and more. You, you may not consider yourself wealthy, but most of us here this morning, compared to the rest of the world, you go outside of these United States, we are very wealthy. I remember a few years ago on a mission trip to Ecuador, we went to a little town and uh, around the square the kids would shine your shoes. And the missionary said, they want a nickel to shine your shoes. He says, don't give them more than a dime. And we said, why? Can't give them a dollar? He said, oh, no. That would mess up the whole economy and confuse the whole thing. He said, you know, he, and whenever he went to that little town, he would take a whole bag of shoes and leave them with someone there. And so then he could give them a dollar because they'd do five or six, seven, eight pairs What am I trying to say to the world? We are wealthy. But if your driving force in your life is to accumulate more wealth, more financial security, then you'll never have enough to give you a peace of mind. Does it mean it's a sin to have a savings account? Of course not. Uh, we, we need to save money for emergencies, for retirement, and, and so on. We need to be, I believe we need to be frugal and, and be faithful in the way we spend the money. But don't treasure your treasures. That's what Jesus is saying here. Don't put your trust in it. Derive, don't derive your happiness from it. 
or happiness will elude you throughout your entire life. Rethink your priorities. If money is money more important to you than anything else, remind yourself as often as necessary that there's more important things in life. Jesus said, therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. It's not life more than food and body more than clothing. If you're worried about something, it may be because it's too high on your priority list. What do you worry about this morning? What do you worry about what your neighbors think? There are things more important than their opinion of you. You worry about your job. Your job isn't the last job on earth, and there are other jobs out there. Are you worried about a promotion? This won't be your last promotion to come along. There will be other chances. There are more important things than a job promotion. Are you worried about stock market? This isn't the first or the last time of uncertainty in our nation's economy. Here are more, there are more important things in life than the value of your portfolio. We worry about things we're not sure of. So we need to make every effort to rethink our priorities. Jesus said the most important thing is life, in life is to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. You can't serve God and money. If you want your life to work, if you want to experience freedom from worry, make sure that you're sure of one thing. God has first place in your life. Seek him. Strive to be holy. Rethink and if necessary, redefine your priorities. Put God first. Some say I'm not worried about money or things. I'm worried about my marriage. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my health. I'm worried. These things aren't trivial. They're supposed to be priorities in our lives. They really matter. This is true. But it brings us to the next key to eliminating worry in our life. That is to trust in God's provision. When we worry, we worry about things we think are beyond God's control. We need to remember that God is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. And he is committed to making things work out for good in your life. We worry about things we're unsure of. And if we're unsure of God's willingness and ability to provide for us, then we have a lot to worry about. On the other hand, if we trust God to take care of us, our worries will melt away. Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He goes on to say, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you, and not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. And then Jesus says, so do not worry saying, what shall you eat, or what shall you drink, or what shall you wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. You see, we worry about things we're not sure of. But one thing Jesus said you can always be sure of is that God will meet your needs. 
He will take care of you. Are you worried about your marriage? And I say to you this morning, he will take care of you. Does that mean that you'll never have marital problems? No. Uh, but he will take care of you every step of the way. Are you worried about your kids? God will take care of you. He'll give you the wisdom to be a good parent. He'll give you the strength to be consistent. Does that mean your kids will never make a dumb decision? No, of course not. But no matter what happens, he will take care of you. He will take care of them too if they let him. Are you worried about your health? God will take care of you. Does this mean that you'll live to be 150? I really don't want to be 150. My mother is 95, and she needs our prayers, and I appreciate those who have been praying for her. They've turned her to hospice care, but it doesn't mean we're going to live to be old, old, old. Or that we'll never be sick in a day in our lives. But no matter what happens, God will take care of us. I keep reminding mom that when I talk to her on the phone. There's a story about Steve May tells about God's, how God's provided in his provision. Steve said, I was driving through Memphis with my two-year-old son on a hot Sunday afternoon. It was about 120 miles from home when suddenly my car died on the interstate. I coasted off the nearest exit, a Memphis suburb called Bartlett. He said, this was a long time ago before cell phones and ATM cards. We are on our way back from a speaking engagement, so I had a check in my pocket, but not very much cash. Certainly not enough to call a tow truck. And who's going to cash a second-party out-of-town check on a Sunday? The car rolled to a stop on the service road. All the businesses nearby were closed. I could see a convenience store about a half a mile down the road, so I knew there would be a payphone there. But who was I going to call? I didn't know anyone from Memphis. All of all the rotten luck, I thought. I don't know a person within 100 miles that I can call for help. In fact, I thought, I only know one person in Bartlett, a kid named David, who was in my cabin at senior high church camp earlier this summer. But I don't know his last name, and I can't call him. About that time, a car pulled up next to me and honked. I looked over. It was David. He rolled down the window and said, what are you doing here? Steve said, I guess I'm waiting for you. <laughs> David gave me a ride to his house about four blocks away, and David's mom offered to babysit with my two-year-old son while David's dad helped me tow the car to a nearby repair shop. Of course, they were closed, so his dad offered to drop the key off the next day. When he got back to David's house, my son was playing happily on the floor, surrounded by David's old toys. David's mom cooked dinner for us. Then after we ate, they took us home 120 miles one way. Late that evening after David and his parents had gone back to Memphis and everyone at home had gone to sleep, he said, I had time to think about how God had provided for me that day. <coughs> Excuse me. Could it be a coincidence that, that Steve just happened to have car trouble a few blocks away from a home of the only person he knew in the greater Memphis area who just happened to be driving by at that precise moment and whose parents just happened 
to be incredibly nice people who were willing to sacrifice hours of time and help someone they barely knew? I don't think so. Another story of the way God provides has taken place in mine and Reva's life in the last few weeks. Reva and I were traveling from Kansas City to Indianapolis in May. We stopped at a Walmart in Vandalia, Illinois. While there, Reva reached for something on the top shelf and fell backwards and broke her left hip. They transferred her 30 miles to Effingham, and the next morning she had surgery to repair her hip. After a few hours, few days, they wanted her to go to rehab to learn how to walk on that hip. Well, a few years ago, uh, we traded our travel trailer in for a 38-foot motorhome. And with the car hauler, the rig is 62 foot long. I bought some travel assist insurance at that time because Reva said there was no way she was going to drive the rig if something happened to me. With the insurance, I was able to have her transferred to Georgia by air ambulance for rehab. There's a whole story there. But while in rehab, she needed an ortho doctor to x-ray and give directions for her rehabilitation. After request to North Georgia what, that was delayed, our primary care physicians referred us to resurgence. This doctor said that they should have referred us to ortho Emory, Emory Ortho because the first surgery was questionable. Reva called Emory Ortho and said she would go any, to whatever location was the earliest opening. That was on a Monday, and they said we could go to Smyrna on Friday. The doctor said, there said the surgeon needed to see the x-rays. So an appointment was made for the following Friday, which was two days ago. At this appointment, the surgeon said the first surgery was the wrong procedure for the type of break that she had, and it should have never been done. After asking several questions and finding that Reva hadn't been putting weight on her hip for nine weeks. He finally just kept thinking and he could see the, the wheels turning. He talked about getting clearance from our, her primary care and her cardiologist and all this. Kind. Finally, he said, I can admit you to Emory Ortho Hospital today and the doctor there can clear you and I can do surgery tomorrow, yesterday. Yesterday, he and his team removed the hardware from the first surgery and did a total hip replacement. And physical therapy had her on her feet yesterday afternoon, putting weight on that left hip and showing her the exercises. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> I expect her to go home tomorrow or Tuesday, and he said she'll be working her own physical therapy and continue there at home. Was it coincidence that we bought travel assist insurance? I don't think so. <laughs> I never expected to use it, but that's the reason you buy insurance. Was it a coincidence that Dr. Singh is a joint replacement and a trauma surgeon having residencies in both? I don't believe, believe it was. I believe it's a God thing. You see, the most amazing thing about these stories is that it is not the only story of God's provision. I could tell you many others of how God has provided for us over these 50-some years in ministry. And among the people who sit in this room, 
There are multiplied hundreds of similar stories of how God was there, sometimes when we don't even realize it's God. You see, God has provided us for us so many different times and in so many different ways. We have to learn to trust his provision. He's given us hands to work with and feet to walk with and a huge family to be there for us when we need him most. Several years ago, our, my son and daughter-in-law and their three-year-old child went to Africa to be missionaries in Angola. They made acquaintances with some uh, <clears throat> people that were there for the oil companies. <clears throat> One night, this man who was from Portugal originally flew in back into the country and his wife picked him up at the airport and he says, I have this strange feeling. This was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. He said, we just need to check on the porters. So they went downtown to where their apartment was and my grandson had had a high fever and no, they didn't have any doctor there. And he loaded Stephen and Dana and Watson in the car, took him to the compound where the, the Exxon oil had, got the doctor out of bed and they treated Watson that night and kept him there. A God thing. God's provision. I like how this verse reads in the New Living Translation. It says, your heavenly father already knows all your needs and he will give you all you need from day to day if you live for him and make the kingdom of God your primary concern. You see, we worry about things we're not sure of. But one thing we can always be sure of, that God will provide somehow. Don't worry. Instead, rethink your priorities. Trust in God's provision. And the third key to eliminating worry is live in the presence. One of the models of Alcoholic Anonymous is to live one day at a time. It's a good prescription for dealing with regrets and a good prescription for dealing with worry. And exactly what Jesus said to do. Therefore, verse 34, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. What good does it worry do to worry and worry and worry about anything? The things we worry about fall into two categories. What we can change and what we can't. Instead of worrying about what, of what we can change, we should take action to make those changes. And instead of worrying about what we can't change, we should take action to be prepared, be as prepared as possible. But you see, that's the whole problem with worry. It rarely motivates us to take positive action. Instead, it nearly always drives us to inaction, we worry instead of doing something about the problem. That's because we have a tendency to live in the future. We can never be sure of the future. I may have skipped a whole page. <laughs> yeah, we can never be sure of the future. So why worry about it? Because we worry about things we're unsure of. But Jesus said, don't even think about the future. Today is much more important. 
take care of today's troubles today. Jesus isn't recommending an irresponsible approach to life. He is not saying that we shouldn't make plans for tomorrow or prepare for life's inevitabilities. He's saying don't obsess about tomorrow at the expense of today. Live in the present. Here's how you do it. Make today a day of progress. Improve everything you can improve about your life today. If you're worried about something and it's something you can change, then make some progress towards changing it. If you're worried about something or it's something you can't change, then make some progress towards preparing for it. You can't control the future because it doesn't exist. Did you hear me? You can't control the future because it doesn't exist. Today does exist. And there's much we can do to make it worthwhile. Someone said the question is not whether we will die. It's how we will live. Improve everything you can about your life today. Live in the moment. Early we mentioned Bobby McFerrin's song, <clears throat> With a simplistic sound of device, don't worry, be happy. <clears throat> it may sound shallow to merely say don't worry, but it's not shallow. It's ex actually good advice. In fact, those are Jesus' exact words. Do not worry. He said it this way because worry is a choice. Though some to refuse to admit that, they say I have no control over it. I can't help but worry. But you can control it. It's your choice. Worry can be a wake-up call to help us recognize what is lacking in our spiritual lives. When you struggle with worry, you need to ask yourselves, what am I unsure of? Are my priorities straight? Am I trusting God to provide? Am I living in the presence See, rethinking your priorities, trusting God to provide and living in the presence. Do you know where these things lead to? Putting God first in your life. This is what Jesus told us to do. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. A friend entitled these verses, Don't Worthy, Be Wealthy. For a simple reason. For when God is first in your life and you trust in him to provide for you and you live each day in his presence, a mighty weight is lifted from your shoulders. You need to be more, you, you will feel more wealthy if you live like this, more happy, more optimistic than you ever thought was possible. For this reason, I say, don't worry. Would you bow your heads? Father, we thank you for these truths that Jesus has shared with us in the Sermon on the Mount. We pray that you would have helped us to apply them to our lives this morning. That our attitudes towards money and towards worry and towards you, Lord, are so very important of how we live this life. That we would seek first your kingdom and your righteousness. And you'll take care of all the other things that we need. We pray you would bless these to hear today. In Jesus' name.